Everyone knows what time of year it is. It's Thanksgiving. It's the holidays. But there's one thing that trumps it all. And that is JFK getting his fucking head blown up like a watermelon. (laughs) And this is part one of that series. Welcome, everyone, to the new fun episode of Drunken Jurors of this beginning of the three-part series that I announced in the little intro blooper thing that we do. Uh, Yeah, so we are finally doing the JFK series and his assassination and the conspiracies and Lee Harvey Oswald and everything that goes into it, but summed up because we don't have a year and a half to do an entire series on this bullshit. Oh, yeah. Um. I'm Jeff. I'm Adam. I'm Nick. Uh, today I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking because of the Soviet Union and the role they play in this. I'm, I'm drinking vodka. Oh, and Propel. <laughs> oh God. Because <laughs> I'm healthy. Well, I'm drinking truly strawberry lemonades. And when I finish this can, I'm gonna have to go find something else in my fridge. I don't know what yet. Uh. I'm drinking. I did you not bring alcohol for this fucking series? I swear to God. The tried and true favorite of the past six months. <laughs> not six months, more like three. Uh, Jefferson, do you do you have your the tried and bottle? true favorite of now and the future and the future? <laughs> yeah, Nick, you do you have your infinity bottle? I do. I say halfway. I say halfway through this episode, we do a drink of our infinity bottles to see where they're sitting. All right, see how they're... I do need to pour this in, so I'm I'm gonna go grab mine real quick. The Drunken Jurors episode. We're going to talk about JFK, Lee Harvey Oswald, and then the assassination. Part two, which will be our normal podcast, we're going to do a conspiracy theory episode where we're going to talk about a bunch of different conspiracies or not a whole lot of them. We don't know. We haven't recorded it yet. And we don't know how much we're going to get into each one, but we're going to be talking conspiracies. Part three, jury of drunken opinion, Jack Ruby, the man who kills the assassinator. Part one, here we go. Let's fucking, let's get into it. Nick, you got, let's start her off. All right. Smack her around. Don't was, do that. That's bad. I was, don't, don't smack I was around. so ill prepared for this as I type JFK into my browser. <laughs> um, wow. Did you take your notes on the interwebs? <laughs> <laughs> did you just rewrite his Wikipedia article into your. No, I, I did actually listen. Hold on. I'll give you my source. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck. We got new sources. Um, I read a bunch of newspapers and a Time magazine from when he got assassinated. I'm um, not very helpful. Cool. No. So you need to say whose newspapers they were. <laughs> well, not big newspapers. Time not magazine. Uh, Time okay. magazine and some bullshit newspapers from Earlville. <laughs> you Illinois. do not understand how, <laughs> how sourcing <laughs> works. works. Um, my sources were Case Closed, Lee Harvey Oswald and the Assassination of JFK by Gerald Posner. Uh, very good book, very in depth. It's also the same exact one that uh, last podcast for your left used as their source for their JFK and Lee Harvey Oswald series that I didn't know until after I was halfway through the book. God damn it. Um, I, I 
I wasn't done. I also used JFK's last hundred days, the transformation of a man and the emergence of a great president by great president by Thurston Clark. That is it. I also watched 112263. The Stephen King uh, novel turned into a mini series (laughs) with James Franco on Hulu. Why do you do this? (laughs) It's historically accurate. Minus the time travel. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. You haven't, if you've never read the book or seen the show, you have no room to speak on this accuracy. I don't like him. Um, I listen, (laughs) I I listened to an unfinished life uh, by Robert Dalek. Whose life was unfinished? Mine, hopefully. (laughs) Huh. Um, so yeah, this was just a broad, overarching. His father, him, got into his brothers, got into his politics a little bit. Um, so <clears throat> John Fitzgerald Kennedy uh, was born May nineteen, uh, May twenty ninth, nineteen seventeen. He was the thirty fifth president of the United States. Uh, he was a U.S. Senator for Massachusetts. He was a U.S. Rep in Massachusetts. He was, uh, I think I, his father was, um, was Joseph P. Kennedy Sr. And his mother was Rose Fitzgerald. Um, they were two Irish, immig- or not, they weren't Irish immigrants, but they were Irish Americans um, who had really bought into the American dream. They, uh, his father became like a union guy and the other shit. <laughs> he was a big Damn. union guy in Massachusetts. Um, I listened to the book like two months ago. <laughs> we're over here. We're, we're just here spitting facts for you all. Hot, <laughs> yeah, hot we're facts. starting this off well. Yeah. Um, his father's not important other than his anti-Semitism. Um, uh, yes, and course. the fact that he essentially bought his rep seat. Um, but haven't they all? All right, I mean, hey, only one president in the history of America has won 110% of the votes in Chicago. <laughs> True, yeah, and that is John F. Kennedy. Um, so he uh was originally. Uh, in the U.S. Navy, uh, he got some fame for having his PT boat, which is like a little mini anti- PT-109. Yep, a mini anti-submarine patrol boat um, that he got sunk because he was actually even bad at being a naval officer. Um, yeah, and then he was stranded for a while. Yeah. Is, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, he was rescued um, exactly August 7th, 1943 is when he was rescued after it happened. Uh, he actually had a replica in the in the Oval Office of PT-109, and he wore a tie clip that was shaped like a torpedo that was on PT-109. I don't remember what circumstances brought it, but, like, he was almost on the USS Indianapolis when it sunk. Like, he was, like almost on it by like a couple days i don't remember what the exact circumstances were um i think i think like if his pt boat didn't go down he was scheduled to like be on the indianapolis like 
a couple days, but it went down and he was stranded instead of being on it. For those of you who don't know the what the Indianapolis is, it's a World War II boat in the Pacific that got shot by a Japanese submarine and it sank and then uh, pretty much everyone except for like uh there was like 100 survivors out of like the 500 people mm-hmm. on it or something uh yeah they were stranded at sea for a long ass time uh the u.s government just ignored all the pleas for help <laughs> it, it's something we've been looking into doing possibly at some point so uh i think the last podcast just did one a couple yeah months they ago. did because uh, for some reason anytime i wanted to do something they decided to do it right beforehand <laughs> Um, he was awarded the Purple Heart, World War II Victory Medal, American Defense Service Medal, Asian Pacific Camp, basically all your standard medals except for the Purple Heart. Um, and then uh, he was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 1947 uh, for the 11th Congressional District of Massachusetts, uh, so Boston. Um, so one thing about i'll get into about his father his father was very much i am an american i am not irish um and then later in his life him and his sister kathleen i couldn't tell you it sounds right kathleen kennedy was that his sister do you want to hear about how his brother also fought in world war ii and how he died yeah you, you do that while i'm trying so to um his older brother, who was uh, Joseph Jr., he he died during the Operation Aphrodite. Um, Joe volunteered. Um, Joe Joe volunteered for this mission, uh, um, flying a Navy B seventeen with explosives towards German missile missile silos on the French coast. Um, if you're wondering why this was a really shitty why this was such a bad mission was uh they were very prepared (laughs) for bomb well yeah the germans would have you know anticipated something yeah yeah so it was to use boeing b-17 flying fortress and consolidated pb-4y bombers against precision guided munitions against bunkers and other hardened reinforced enemy facilities Um, The mission was not generally successful, and the intended targets in Europe were either overrun by ground advances of Allied troops or by conventional attacks by aircraft. Yep. It was not a good time. Were there any? No, but if I remember correctly, not 100%. Pretty sure he got shot down over the ocean. That was... Which brother was that? Joe, his oldest. Yeah. Or not his oldest. The yeah, oldest yeah, his. He was the junior, so I would assume he's the oldest. Yeah, his bomber was blew up over the English Channel. Yeah. So, um, fortunately, no sharks in the English Channel, but it's almost freezing water, and it's near England. Um, which might kill you itself. Yeah. Um. So to get a little bit into his father and what, even more than him, his father was a piece of shit um his father um oh yeah disclaimer here uh we might talk a little bit of shit about jfk in this oh right i can do my disclaimer now um at no point in this podcast am i going to be in any way like jfk's a great guy 
was a cool guy. He had civil rights, and that was about it. <laughs> like even even he Cuba, didn't go he about getting civil that. rights correctly, though. We'll get into that when we get to his presidency. Yes. He did not go about things correctly. So, um, his father, uh worked his way up earned his fortune in boston um his father was one of those you are american you're not irish if i hear you talking about being irish i'm gonna smack you um this was wild because later in life him and i was right his sister kathleen um would like go over to england his sister married some english colonel i don't know um and uh they very much bought into the aristocracy um and so to me the uh, in the concept of american aristocracy makes me very angry <laughs> because there's there there is no aristocracy there yes there's rich people there's obscenely rich rich people jeff bezos and then there's you know there's everyone else there's poor uh, there's that there's everyone there is no royalty. There is no aristocracy. You you may have money, but you're not better. You're not different. That's and the entire idea of JFK is I'm rich. I'm better. And that rubs me incredibly the wrong way. Um, How so, would it, what would it take to rub you the right way? Hand on cock. All right. <laughs> I'm down for this. Um, Music slowly fades in. <laughs> God damn it. Um, another thing was their sister Rose Marie Kennedy, um, who was born uh, with a lot of uh, developmental issues. I think there is some uh, schizophrenia. There was a lot of bipolar, um, and her father had her lobotomized at twenty-three. Um, so I'm sure that went well. Oh, oh yeah, you know, and then they locked her away for the next however many years she was alive. Um, well, she died at 86, so it was a long time. Oh, um, God. Yeah, and she was lobotomized at 23. Oh, no. Yeah. She died in That's 2005. 63 years. Yeah, she died in 2005. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Um, JFK had a lot of fucking medical issues, too. A lot of that resulted from PT, from the PT boat going down and army injuries. Digestive Navy. issues no. and stuff? His special diet? Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. That I knew, the I, opposite his, of? his back was well, Yeah, his fucked. back was fucked from yeah. PT, yeah. Um, but, so she was lobotomized and they just kind of did that whole rich people thing and put her away and like put her in a home for the next 63 years. Yeah, it didn't happen. Yep. No pictures the, the, of proof. Like, there are very few pictures of Rosemary Kennedy. Um, are, you, is, is, are you saying Rose Marie or Rosemary? Rosemary. Okay. I was like, because I know people named Rosemary. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's Rose Space Marie. <laughs> um, all of them have three names. And the three names, well, I guess there's Patrick, Patricia Kennedy. That's the only one. Don't we all have three names, though? Yeah, but not, you don't say Nicholas. Always. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not out here going by Nicholas George. Yeah. Um, You should. We'll do it. No. 
No, now, no, that's your name. Now we won't now, yell. We won't yell Nico. Now we're gonna yell Nicholas George. <laughs> I don't know like, which is worse. Honestly, that sounds like you should be a a war general, <laughs> Nicholas George. Granted, it also sounds like it, you would be fighting for the wrong side. Fucking Confederate. Not really here, Nicholas. George. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that side. Okay, you gotta choose the yeah, war, yeah, my guy. Yeah, yeah, you can't just throw that one out. Um. All right, so that just to lay the groundwork for how his father liked to run things. Um, and then his father Rough. also during the war um advocated for isolationism. Uh kind of because he he didn't really agree with the killing of the Jews, but he did agree that the Jews were a kind of a problem. How so? How were the Jews a problem? I don't think there's many details on how okay. his father saw yeah. the Jews. Yeah. All right. I think it was just more just like, curious. Well, I mean, it's, it's the standard line of European anti-Semitism of the Jews have the money. Therefore, the Jews are the problems or have, are the reason we don't have money. Yeah. It's that standard line of anti-Semitism. Um, That's branched back like millennia. Yeah. <laughs> what, I, it's, it's on. It's in my brain hole. It's in my brain hole. It's in my brain hole. I can't remember. It's completely gone. That thought's gone. It's it's left. <laughs> that that thought that was, is completely left. That was, a, that was the that wildest was wild thing time. ever. I thought uh, your appendix just exploded. Or no, no. I was I thought, trying to. I thought out. we were watching the downfall of Nick's mental capacity. Like. <laughs> I, it actually was my like my thought was there, and then it's just well, yeah, yeah, never mind. you're just middle of talking. Stop. It's in my brain hole. It's in my brain hole. <laughs> it's in my brain hole. Like, uh, it wasn't fun as I could not remember what the fuck I my thought hated was. hated every second of the downfall. <laughs> the random just facial expression you made to breaking down mentally was just wild. I mean, um, it was funny to watch, but not fun to experience. Thanks. Um, so what else? I mean that's that's really it um from his father uh rich guy who basically bought his son's political career um his... he, we yeah, talk do we, or are we going to get to it when we do his presidency of how his dad bought off the mafia to get him in we'll we'll get there for that yeah, yeah. we'll get there I mean, yeah, I mean his, his so this is back in the day where the union was essentially the mob. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like they, this, like like the team. A lot of their ideals coincide. Yeah, if you've ever watched The Irishman, um, <clears throat> that good fun five-hour movie. Yeah, good movie. Way too fun. Oh, I mean, not way, way too long, but it is. It is a it's so long. Um, it is a chore to get through. I've never watched it. Uh, it's good. Remember the second episode of the podcast yeah, when we said when we, we were, were trying to, it? yeah, and I've then Nick and I did, and then you failed us. No, I think Hopefully. I think neither of us did at the by the time we wanted to talk about, it, and then we just never talked about it again. Um, we'll give you our Irishman review one day. Um, the last about we ever record. We're all about those long promises. Yeah, um, <laughs> a long con, kind of like JFK. So uh, another thing. The Kennedys were Catholic. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Some would say very devout. <laughs> so we now get to have this fun thing where uh, this is where Adam's going to call me Catholic light. Um, and 
when it comes to this kind of <laughs> uh so a lot of yes they were Rick's very only catholic in all the wrong ways like he touches children no he doesn't oh, do that i do not i do not no no oh adam's getting spicy uh so <laughs> wild <laughs> dial it down you're at a solid habanero bring that shit down to like a serrano um so uh they were catholic and at this time there was massive anti-catholic prejudice which really has not gone away until like the 80s really and then it you know it's kind of, coming back yeah i know i'm right. well aware <laughs> hi thanks i am one um uh if and but this time that that um prejudice was more catholics are in, in before before the 50s before the kennedys the prejudice was catholics are italians they're irish they're polish the, 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 the europeans the, no they're they're the trash europeans they're not wasps oh yeah Amer- Amer- american quote-unquote like aristocracy what, the, 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 was like typically wasp. european okay so so impoverish i don't know how to say i'm it. gonna I'm, I'm gonna explain what wasp is <laughs> um wasp is white anglo-saxon protestant when when you people think of the american quote-unquote american aristocracy it is typically wasp um especially uh east coast um down south um Uh, boston the baptists the catholics of the south boston is a little weird because boston's very irish so, so that's where you get that Catholic, rare Catholic aristocracy. Um, and because of that, uh, a lot of the Catholic prejudice was, ah, you aren't a wasp. You are Irish. You are Polish. You are Italian. You, you're, you're not a wasp. And because of that, you're thought of kind of lesser. Not so much the Italians, but like especially the Irish and the Polish were definitely thought of like a lower class European. And then... As time moved on, it became more well at the very beginning of the founding, and then as time moved on, it switched back to it was ah, you're Catholic, you are a loyal follower of the Pope, and if the Pope asks you to try and overthrow your country, you're going to do it because the Pope told you to. It's a complete misunderstanding of what uh, Catholic uh, dogma is and the infallibility of the Pope. People- it's also how that's kind of exactly how the uh, Crusades happen. Is everyone follows the word of the Pope? Okay, cool. Can this declare, is, holy this isn't the 1300s. It's actually uh, uh no wrong, literally one thousand. <laughs> it's um, when ten ninety five or ten ninety two. All right, it's when the first crusade happened. Yeah, Nick. Fucking right, there was there was one in the 1300s. <laughs> yeah, um, they happened a lot. <laughs> they don't happen anymore. All right. Um, they haven't Yet. happened in like 500 years. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the no one wants to die for God anymore. <laughs> uh, because of that, that's that comes from a misunderstanding of the infallibility of the Pope, where if what the Pope says you must do and you must believe. I don't really believe in that at all, but technically, if you really look at it, the dogma is that whenever the Pope speaks about faith then you're supposed then that is the law that that's really 
his early life and then eventually his father buys him the fucking presidency no i, I shouldn't say yeah, that flat out no 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 his father buys him the presidency <laughs> <laughs> also you have to realize in this time period how much people loved war heroes for this is, politicians yeah this is also back when everyone knew that the politicians and the mafia were working together but no one would admit it nowadays we just know and everyone is blatantly See, but the obvious thing, about it the thing about it is jfk ran on the front of that wasn't how he was he mm-hmm. ran on the set that he had like he had a moral compass and it I don't was think, skewed correctly i don't think jfk knew that his dad was doing this though I think so, I, th- I like I thought it was just his dad did it, and JFK was saying that he wasn't doing any of this, and t- on JFK's terms, so he wasn't. I don't fully believe the mafia view at all. So the major electoral trend of JFK's election that wasn't just blatant corruption um, was you had Dwight Eisenhower, who was yep. president for two terms, um, I believe. Yes. Two terms. FDR yeah, two. is the only one that's been more than two. Okay. Well, there have been several that have led one. Um, yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying maybe he had no. three. And I was like, uh, no, no, no. 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 Um, um, no. Eisenhower is because I remember in the book, we'll get into what I want to bring up with Eisenhower okay. and JFK. But yes, he, he states that he was a two term president. Yeah. So, J- so Eisenhower, he was a Republican war hero. He was Ike. He led the country into conquering, into freeing Europe from the Nazis. Um, he led that and that got him elected. Um, hey kids, then, you ever hear the term I like Ike? <laughs> yep. Uh, this is the weird trend of like six presidents having three letter names. Um, yeah. who are the other ones? Uh, you had Ike, you had JFK, FDR and F- JFK, FDR, Ike, JFK, LBJ. Yep, nice. Yeah, uh, and then what? Nixon was after uh, yeah, Nixon was after JFK. Yeah, so there wasn't really one for Nixon. For a small amount of time. Dick? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, before Nixon fucked up real hard there. Um <laughs> maybe we'll get into that one day. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um so the electoral trend was you had Ike, Republican, war hero, you had um, and then when his term was up. The campaign was Nixon versus JFK. And Nixon was running off of Eisenhower's coattails. And he was trying to be the, I'm just like Eisenhower. I'm just like Ike. I am strong. I'm a war vet, everything like that. Um, But at that point, the American public was really like kind of done with the war. We're like, all right, we won. We fixed Europe the best we can. Let's get the fuck out. Let's focus on back home. When Let's get did- equal right. <laughs> it's it's focused back home, but it's also fuck. We are in an arms race. Yeah. So so, <laughs> just random question here: Are women allowed to vote yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Women's that suffrage happened. was a thing in like the twenties. Yeah. Okay. I just couldn't uh, remember civil rights exactly was the when that happened. Well, so, yeah. civil rights was JFK. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Then you had, so you had pro strength. I'm just like I Nixon, and then you had JFK, who was, hey, yes, there's problems over there. Yes, those are problems that we should probably address. But also, 
let's look back here real quick and try and fix our shit. Um, and then that was minus with the help of heavy corruption, he got elected. Yeah, JF. Yeah, JFK. It sucks because like with our like me going into doing research for this, it seemed like JFK was like a good president, like a good guy. And like I do think at the end of the day, I do think JFK was like a decent human being. I just think that with the route he went with his life, he chose every wrong decision to get the things he needed. And don't get uh, me wrong. I will say for civil rights to come through what he did kind of acceptable. I'd argue that he wasn't even a good person just in general. Yeah. Well, he was horrible to his wife, but I mean, what he got through and what he saw needed and like what this nation needed and what he got done in the short amount of time, I think was pretty good. And also there is the argument of the cold war would have ended sooner if JFK would have never been assassinated. He might not have got it reelected, but there was the thought of if he got that test ban treaty done, the cold war would have ended way sooner than it actually did. You might not have had the really shitty LBJ policies minus when I say shitty policies, I mean everything outside of civil rights. Civil rights, good. Also, sorry everything for everyone who really doesn't. Shitty. Sorry for everyone who doesn't like political bullshit in their podcast, and that's why they come here. Mm-hmm. We're really trying to jump around the political bullshit, but I mean, this is a president being assassinated that yeah. we kind of have to hit on some stuff. We we now have JFK's presidency, which is built around him Didn't wanting happen. to get. That's the conspiracy. I mean, did, <laughs> JFK know. was never a president. No. JFK never existed. <laughs> we have JFK's presidency, which was built mostly on the civil rights movement. That was the big thing he was trying to push. Um, and within the, the book I read was The Last 100 Days. Within the last 100 days is when he made the huge push for it. It was after his newest born son died after being born from difficulties because it was uh, Patrick was a premature baby and the civil rights movement. This is where Eisenhower comes back in Eisenhower basically wrote uh, JFK needed to get the Senate to do the two thirds majority to be able to pass what he wants to pass. He is trying to pass not only the civil rights act, but he's also trying to pass the testing ban treaty, which means there is going to be no more nuclear testing underwater in space or in air or in the atmosphere. So it all has to happen on like ground actually, but no one wants to do that because everyone knows the repercussions of nuclear (laughs) radiation at this point of the fun stuff. Yeah, the, the the not great part of testing your nukes on your own soil. So he's trying to get that passed. So now he has to decide because the Senate is basically against both. Like he's not going to get two thirds majority for either. And he has to find out which one he wants to get passed. And Eisenhower has someone who is being charged with like tax fraud, basically. And he gives a blank check to JFK saying, if you can get him off of his charges, I will back, I will publicly back with whatever you say. 
and then there's also another person that's along with Eisenhower that has like basically the same thing. And JFK gets the guy away with no charges. And JFK signs both those blank checks to be able to get certain senators on his side and have Eisenhower's Eisenhower personally back him because everyone loves Eisenhower. He was there for two terms. Everyone loved him. One of the more underrated presidents. Yeah. So he knew that whatever he said would the general public would also probably back it at this point. And the thing he chose was the Civil Rights Act. Hence why the Cold War went on for so much fucking longer. But there's also the time of in the Rose Garden is where JFK would talk to people like in private because he had things bugged in, his, in the, throughout the White House because he wanted to know what people were saying when wild he had mm-hmm. it bugged so he could listen to it at any time to find out what's going on and he would take people that he wanted to actually talk to in private out to the rose garden and he brought martin luther king jr out there to talk to him about the civil rights act and tell him that um the government believed that two of his main telling him that two of his close colleagues are thought to be communist agents which is at this point in time a big fucking no-no in the u.s <laughs> communism big bad which is why when we get to lee harvey oswald it's amazing he got as far as he fucking did and it's really fucking mind-numbing that we allowed it to happen because i am a believer that there is no conspiracy lee harvey oswald did this start to finish and it should have been fucking obvious from the second he was like five years old but we'll get to that in the conspiracies episode <laughs> So yeah, he basically paid to be able to get the two-thirds majority. And Martin Luther King isn't the only person he ever talked to in the Rose Garden. There were multiple, like the Eisenhower conversation happened in the Rose Garden. The Rose Garden was his go-to to do all this. And the big thing about him in his campaign was that he his moral compass is aligned. But the more he realized that he had to get things done and push through, he realized how much being in his position, he had to take his moral compass and skew it, which really JFK did a lot of bad things, but like in the name of the right way, like trying to get the right thing done, but doing it wrong. Like yeah. Literally the definition of chaotic good, like get, uh, in the long run, the, the thing best that needs to be done will be done. Yeah. Best intention, but all of the wrong ways getting to, the final result is how I see it. Uh, except for the fact like, that he did cheat on his wife all the time and treated her like absolute fucking garbage. That was the thing he did. And I can't defend that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> he he cheated on his wife. Everyone knows it. He tre- cheated on his wife all the time. And one of those people was Marilyn Monroe. Like, <laughs> Which I mean, like, I can't be mad at Marilyn Monroe. I mean, yeah, but not at the person. There's also I a can't thing be in the book, at, like the whole. There's also a thing in the book I was reading. Um, he he would invite like certain like journalists back to the White House to the like the White House pool because there's a fucking pool there. Because why not? He always had it set to a very specific temperature because of his back problems. So JFK was on like this very strict regimen of like what he ate and what workouts he did and when throughout the day because of his injuries from 
the war and just his medical problems that he would like he had the pool set to a certain temperature and he would swim a certain amount every single day no matter what and then he always wore a back brace um the the journalists that he would like bring back to the white house and like when he would swim um jfk was a very in shape man everyone mentioned that his like legs were very toned and he had a very like almost ripped upper body because all he did was swim every fucking day because he never stopped that from after uh after the war like he never stopped with that because it was the only thing that kind of relieved pressure from his back Mm -hmm. which makes sense in water you float and you kind of lets things elongate and decompress and yeah your dick gets longer from elongating because there's a journalist that's hot also, JFK was a good-looking guy to begin with. So yeah, and I will say, and a man, like a good-looking man in power, like good-looking man in power, and there's something about his voice that just seems powerful, like the way he talks and like enunciates and the words he chooses. Just it's yeah. like it wraps it all together. It's like, oh, okay. JFK is known for giving some of the best speeches as like a president. Literally not where I thought that sentence was going to go, but okay. No. Yeah, no, we're not going sexual with the JFK. <laughs> um, he's known for giving a lot of, like, really good speeches. Most people think he was, like, one of the most charismatic, like, presidents. Which is, like, somewhat true, except for the fact that all of his, I don't know, everything was skewed. He did stop um, the Cuban Missile Crisis, basically. He somehow figured, like, they figured it out soon enough. Like, once they realized that Russia was sending missiles to Cuba, and he immediately sent the Navy down there to surround Cuba and be like, yeah, no, you fucking launch it. Like, we will obliterate your tiny island into nothingness by the time a missile hits us. <laughs> so he he did have a tough task when he took over office. Like, taking over the Bay of Pigs, the Cuban Missile Crisis, everything. It was, it was a mon like monster word big word uh monstrumental task is that the word i'm looking for monstrumental is a word yeah monstrumental task yeah there we go hey nick explain the cuban missile crisis of 1962 uh in 19 as few words as possible uh debatable summed up but not not big missile go boom so in the uh in 1919 the Russians had a revolution um, against the Bolsheviks. I'm very sad that that got absolutely nothing. Um, so in no, I got that, it, but I don't care enough. So in 1961, U.S. biplanes saw that the Soviets were, or that the Cubans were suddenly getting like built up military infrastructure, and they're like, "Huh, that's odd." And then. Weird, because your entire country hates you. <laughs> uh, enter the uh, SR-71 Blackbird that's able to take better scri- better pictures at higher altitudes and all that shit. And they get really clear shots that the Cubans are building missile sites. Um, not ICBMs, but ballistic missiles. That works. So basically, they'd be able to launch a fucking nuke, nuke at florida and it'd be there in like five minutes yeah um they were able to bomb they would be able to nuke like all the way out to like denver basically um 
and have the the missiles be there in like an hour at the latest um shockingly uh the united states doesn't like having nuclear weapons pointed at them in their literal backyard fidel castro of all people yeah say what you will about fidel castro there's a lot to be said um (laughs) real big piece of shit uh anyone who think che che guevara is a hero is a fucking moron um but anyway uh Basically, to sum it up, U.S. then sent a large majority of Navy ships to Cuba and surrounded it and was like... And also, also like, a year before, there was also the Bay of Pigs, which was a fucking mm-hmm. shit fest, which is where... Real the, bad time. That's yeah. a whole, like, CIA, CIA operation that went and it's one of the it's one, it's one of the biggest... It's one of the worst failed CIA ops of all time. Yeah. Um, basically, the CIA tried to... Which uh, we'll get former, into more throughout this little... Yeah three-part series uh cia fucks up a lot (laughs) cia is not good um cia has never been good um basically the bay of pigs was the cia tried to have a bunch of former cuban expats uh go back and wage war against castro and they were relying on u.s like air air strikes and navy bombardments that never fucking came so they just ended up getting bodied um it's a real bad time um so that was fun um then there's so cuban missile crisis basically uh, who is the soviet leader at the time uh khrushchev i think i think it was khrushchev um but basically it was a massive pissing match between the soviets and the u.s that resulted in a real shit time and basically a near permanent embargo on cuba up until like 2009, I think, yeah, whenever Obama like was that. lifted yeah. it, he lifted it. I think That's in his second the, term. Yeah, which I mean, no, it would have been second term. He was president from 08 till 2015. I don't remember. 2016. I, I don't remember. I think when... I, 09 sounds right. I feel like 09? it was one of the first things he did. Was it okay? Um, but he lifted the embargo, which allowed sale goods. Of, yeah, yeah, sale of goods from Cuba, commerce. Um, because Castro died. Granted, Raul's also a major piece of shit. Castro's just not good people. Um, so yeah, that's the Cuban Missile Crisis in a fucking two-point bullet point that doesn't make any sense. I mean, basically, JFK was just like, we send army or we send navy, navy surround mm-hmm. Cuba. Cuba get blown up if missile launches from there. And so another thing to point out is that this was this was in response to the U.S. putting nuclear missiles in Turkey, yeah, which is a hop, skip, and stretch away from Russia. So we could have hit. We did it first. Russia. Yeah, we We could have literally hit all of Russia. You know, the reason JFK was so into banning the testing though was he he learned that testing even in space would cause an issue for future generations here and he was so against that he was like we gotta stop testing in the space and in the air and underwater i like i like that that's a good that's a real real hard i like it that's what it was Mm -hmm. he literally learned from i can i'm pretty sure i have it written down here somewhere that he the reason he did it was because of that exact so there's a very interesting poll that's like if you poll Americans, uh, JFK is routinely like in the top 10, top five of presidents. Yeah. When you actually look at his presidency, he really didn't do shit. Yeah. Like, Outside of yeah. civil rights, 
I think I think because at this point you when you talk about JFK's presidency, you really only talk about what he wanted to do. Yeah. And the end result was always good. Yeah. It was never how he got to the end result and that yeah. he, so he like, never lived. He, <laughs> he never finished a term. So everything that he wanted to do is what we look at, not what he was actually right. doing. So so Lee Harvey Oswald, aka the man who should have been seen doing this way before it ever fucking happened. Should have been stopped, should have been seen, and was seen actually. As we get into the conspiracies later, I will, in the next episode, if it gets brought up, I will explain how the reason that the CIA and like FBI never knew him or anything is because they wiped the records of it because they did interview him multiple times and they said, oh, he's just defecting back from Russia. Eh, he's fine. 11-22-63 gets into this. Uh, it's wild when you think about the fact that he was also a U.S. Marine. <laughs> let me tell uh, you. No, let hold me tell on. We you will, what I we learned. We will be getting into that very soon. I have let seven me, pages, my boys. <laughs> let me tell you what I learned about Lee Harvey Oswald from Hamilton. So, oh, God, <laughs> wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Yeah, that's true. You're drunk opinion. You have two. You, you have two weeks. Lee Harvey Oswald, his mother, super fucking controlling. Um, to him and his older brothers, um, his dad died two months before his birth, so he basically was just raised by his mother and a couple guys that kind of came in and out of his life. Um, at one point, um, she put all the kids into an orphanage because she couldn't take care of them as if it was just like a drop off daycare. Um, but she Is kept Lee. No, actually surprisingly not. <laughs> I have to go pick up some children. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was I have things I have to pay for. <laughs> that was a yoke people. Yeah, that have sounded bad. Yeah. Um, but she couldn't, she didn't want to put Lee into the orphanage because he was still too young. So he was sent between her sister and some other housekeepers and babysitters during that time. So the day after Christmas in 1943, she finally put Lee into the orphanage as well. And this orphanage had over 100 kids. Lee so, was always described as being different hmm. and kind of sheltered. What were you saying? I was going to say, so they were well looked after. Mm. Yes, as orphanages in the 1940s go. Yeah, pretty fucking great. <laughs> I can only assume it was probably Catholic in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel like that was uncalled for. Was it? <laughs> well, we so did. 19- no, that's actually why Lee Harvey actually killed JFK was because he was raised by a Catholic orphanage and JFK was Catholic. You heard it Maybe. here first. <laughs> this is the root of all evil. <laughs> okay. So in 1944, she took them all out and re- relocated to Dallas because she met a man named Edwin Ekdahl. Lee found Edwin as to be a very good friend and they believe he saw him as like his family saw thought that lee saw him as the dad that he never had because his dad died before he was born they got along really well the only thing is is that his mom's an absolute controlling piece of shit and kind of really ruined it so eventually that man leaves (laughs) big oof um also lee skipped school often this is a thing that never stops throughout his life um 
So with him skipping school often, he got held back in like first grade, which made him then always a year older in school. Uh, he was always at this point in life bigger than everyone else. So he had like a little power trump over everyone, but we'll get into later. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was a very small fucking guy. He was like five foot nine, 165 pounds, very small guy. Like he lost that power pretty quick. Uh, but the, yeah, so Edwin eventually divorces Lee's mom and they go back into their like whole being poverty and everything because his mom's a lazy piece of shit that's controlling all of them. He also had a very hard time making friends, like really hard, like he like just couldn't almost. I'm still here with you. Fun fact, um, during this time, because why the fuck not? He learned tap dancing because his mom pretty much controlled him and babied him into doing it. Wasn't allowed to play sports. Was allowed to fucking become a tap dancer, though. Interesting. Yeah. Real power move there. Um, There was a time where Lee chased one of his brothers with a butcher knife, threw it, and missed. Uh, His mom played it off as uh, something normal and it happened all the time. So I don't know if you guys see that kind of as like a little flash there in the childhood of, oh, maybe this man's violent and might do something really stupid later in life. He does. Uh, So (laughs) in high school, he ends up missing 47 of 60 days of school and has a truancy trial. Uh, But his mom didn't take him to it. So they had trials for truancy? Yeah. Yeah, missing school was a big thing back then. Wild. Yeah. Um, Lee told his caseworker that he felt that his mother na- never gave a damn about him and that he also prefers to not deal with people, hence why he would never go to school. Um, a psychiatrist named Renatus. I don't remember his fucking how to pronounce his name. We're going to call him Hartogs. His last name is Hartogs, so. Psychiatrist named Dr. Hartogs stated that after having him because of the truancy, he found Lee to have definite traits of dangerousness and showed a cold, detached attitude. This is while he's still in school. Explain to me how this man was never, never seen about to do what he's going to do. Because mental health wasn't a thing in the 50s. Mental health wasn't a thing until like the 2000s. Fair. Debatable. 2010s? Yeah, maybe. Five years ago. He also confessed to him that uh, he had hit his mom. And then after this trial, he ended up getting probation officer. Oswald refused to stand for the pledge or participate. A little more hint, uh, because as we'll get to, um, Leah Harvey Oswald was a hardcore fucking Marxist. And hated everything about the U.S. Yep. Except for the fact that he could live here. Well, I'll tell that one works. Yeah. Uh, his mom, Margaret, was why people think Lee isn't getting better with all the resources he had at his disposal. Because she refused to allow him to. In 1953, a judge put him into a home to get more help. Didn't fucking help. Uh, there was a time that Lee went fishing with some other kids and he fished alone from everyone else. 
and in every fish he caught instead of putting them back he just no matter the size left them on the ground and when they were done he just left them on the ground to die he never put them back into the water just left them there to die suffocating wild so Vobel was someone that he met at school and Lee told him about a plan to steal a Smith and Weston from a store. He then showed up with a glass cutter. Vobel told him that there is literally a line through the glass that if he cut it, it would fucking sound an alarm. The police would be there within seconds. And Lee was like, oh, whatever. And just abandoned his plan to steal the Smith and Weston from a fucking gun shop. And then he becomes another friend. Another one of his friends is William Woff. Um, one day, Lee was reading some books from William Woff's dad's library and went on a rant about communism, saying it was the only life for the worker and that he was looking for a communist sect in the area. They started to argue, and then Woff's father politely asked <laughs> um, Oswald to leave his house because he's a good American <laughs> who hates communism. Was it actually polite? No one knows, but I'm going to assume probably fucking not. (laughs) We asked them politely, but firmly to leave. Without the politely part. (laughs) Get the fuck out. (laughs) So at this point, Oswald is 16. He asked his mom to lie about his age so he can enlist in the Marines, and she agreed to. At this point, Oswald wants to join the military, and most people speculated it's because that's how his brothers got away from the controllingness of their mother. They just joined the military and fucking left. So this is kind of the only way he could think of getting away from her. So she agrees. He got rejected because he's underage, because the Marines, as much as we make fun of being for absolutely fucking stupid pieces of dumb, dumb fucks, aren't actually stupid. <laughs> They realized like he was cranes. underage. Yeah. Um, so he spent time until 17 studying the handbook and memorizing it. So by the time he could join, he was fucking, there's no way they could deny him. Um, so Lee met Palmer McBride and at one time while hanging out with McBride said that he thought Eisenhower was doing a pretty good job. And Lee replied, if he had the opportunity, he would kill Eisenhower. Eisenhower was notoriously anti-commie. <laughs> yeah. So in 1956, Lee Harvey Oswald joins the Marines. December 21st, 1956, he shot 212, which is two points higher than needed to be a sharpshooter for the Marines. And if anyone knows anything about the Marines at this point, the Marines are literally the highest scoring marksmen. Every Marine's all. a rifleman. Yeah. The Marines are the best shooters out of all military branches. So he is very, very qualified to shoot rifles. Um, a lot of the Marines that he was with uh, thought he was a closeted homosexual because while in Japan, he visited a transvestite bar, which does kind of point a giant fucking arrow at being homosexual. Um, then shortly after their time in Japan, they were stationed at Estuguin. Estugai? Estuguini? I can't, I don't know what it is. Uh, they're, they're stationed in California, and Lee shot himself with a 22 caliber in the arm. Because 
that shit happens. Was it, was um, it actually? What was the reason for it? Accidental misfiring. Just to get large out of quotes. going to Nam. Yeah, large quotes. Um, on... There's actually a, a, a book I read that goes into. Um, it's fascinating that if you look at. It would have been um, Nam. It would have been Korea, right? Yeah. When was it? it would have been, he joined the Marines in 56. 56. Yeah, it, would have been yeah, Korea. it was Korea. Yeah. yeah. That's what my grandpa fought. Yeah. Um, if you if you look at wars dating back to the Battle of Waterloo and the Battle yeah. of um, uh, Adam like says bye. <laughs> older says bye. older medieval European battles. You never had soldiers doing self inflicted wounds. Um, that wasn't until about World War One and a little bit in the Crimean War where you had soldiers beginning to like, ah, like they'd stick their arm out of the trench, you'd get shot and be like, all right, I'm done, bye. Um, and you do- You get honorably discharged, which means you can still pull money from the U.S. military. Yeah, and you didn't you didn't see that in the Battle of Waterloo. You didn't see that in the Battle of- Full run. Uh, I mean, Civil War was, Civil War is close enough. Um, fuck. Uh, Agincourt, there we go. Uh, which was between the French and uh, English before either was a country. Um, so it, it, that's a really interesting thing to, to look at. So there was a time while they were stationed in the Philippines that a Marine was killed during an accidental shooting while he was on guard. Uh, people speculated that Lee did it somehow. And there's not really a lot of proof saying he didn't. But... Fun. Uh, Lee was punished for shooting himself by being promoted all the way down to private. <laughs> and they think that um, this is where he had the How first many more idea promotions of... does he need to be an asshole? I think well, he, well, he, he, he had enough. Yeah, I think he, I think he needs <laughs> three now. <laughs> he had enough to be an asshole. And then he got demoted to private, so he needs three again. <laughs> hmm. um, this is where people think that he got the first idea of defecting to Russia. Like, he was a communist, but this is where he finally decided, oh, yeah, the Soviet Union is where I want to fucking live. Um, there is then later uh, a night while on guard duty, Oswald mentally broke and shot his M1 rifle into the air. And by the time officers got there, he was slumped against a tree crying, just mentally fucking broke, which I can't really blame him for war is war. Like, not that I, I don't think he ever actually saw combat, though. But I mean, people like, especially back then, like, just being in the military was rough, just boot camp and shit like that. And then if you're mentally unstable, it's a lot. Yeah. So after this, he was spent, he was sent to Japan to recoup, quote unquote. And then he came back and he started flaunting his communist ideas to everyone, reading communist books, reading Mein Kampf, nonetheless, while in the military. That's bold. It's a fucking bold fucking play, Cotton. <laughs> All right. Um, one operations chief confronted Oswald about his left-wing philosophy and study. Uh, he replied, Oswald replied, he was studying the enemy's ideals as the Marine Corps taught him, and the chief let it go. Because everything was knowing your enemy. So why not read their ideals? <laughs> and then, you know, but they're actually your ideals. Uh, his way of getting out of the military was to apply to a liberal arts college in Sweden and sever ties. Uh, this was just one maneuver. He lied on his application. He got accepted. 
they did not allow him out, by the way. The way he got out of the military is in August, he applied for <laughs> dependency discharge because a, a candy jar fell at work and hit his mother in the nose. And doctors couldn't find anything wrong. So his mom just kept trying doctors until one of them agreed with her. And then she sent letters saying that she couldn't take care of herself. Two weeks later, and on September 9th, 1959, Oswald was transferred. And then September 11th, 1959, he was discharged from the Marines. This is where he finally decides he's defecting to Russia. And that's exactly what he does. He goes to New Orleans and he gets a boat trip to France. He goes from France and he goes to Russia because he thinks the Russians will love him because of he agrees with communism and everything. Not how that shit worked at all. The KGB and Soviet Union denied any work with Oswald because he was too mentally unstable and they never had a relationship with him, but had him under surveillance because he was mentally unstable. This is where a lot of conspiracy theories come in that he was a KGB agent. Everyone in the KGB that they fucking interview <laughs> denies having anything to do with Oswald because he was mentally unstable. You're too crazy for the Soviets. <laughs> so he shows up. He wants to get defected. He wants to. He tells him he wants to defect. They're like, we can give you a six-day visa to go into Moscow. And that is basically what he gets. The KGB defectors tell the CIA later that there was a mole that was a high-ranking KGB agent this launch a 20-year manhunt for a phantom mole that explains if you want to know what the cia is doing during the cold war it's what i just said explains the entire like fucking cold war for the cia and their wild shenanigans and them hunting things that weren't there kgb defectors (laughs) told cia that there's a mole within their fucking agency and the CIA put a 20 year manhunt for this fucking mole that wasn't actually there. So have that in the back of your head for the rest of the time we talk about the K- the CIA in this. So one of the people that dealt with Oswald when he came over to Russia was Nosenko. And he was a KGB agent who dealt with the tourism department and they gave him a tourism visa. So he dealt with Oswald's name while he was there in Russia. Um, Nosenko defected from the KGB two months after the assassination of JFK. He was given the CIA thousands of names, and one of them was Oswald's, but not, not known at the time what he had to do with anything. Um, they find out Oswald had nothing to do with anything other than he was just on the list because they had him under surveillance because they were like he's from the u.s defecting to russia he could be an agent is literally why he was on kgb list um nisenko literally told them and the warren commission that oswald had nothing to do with the kgb uh nisenko originally was going to defect in 1963 but the geneva disarmament was canceled twice, which is where the CIA was going to get him free safeguard out to the U.S., but it got canceled twice because they knew the second that they got everyone they needed, he was going to be killed. Um, the FBI believed that Nersenko 
um, what they, he had to say about all, Oswald was going to be told to the Warren Commission, but instead it was told to the CIA and they doubted his credibility. And Nisenko didn't want to testify at first. Um, also, the CIA then put him and uh, treated him like a prisoner instead of a defector. And the FBI was not allowed to talk to him. So he was literally thrown into a little safe house that they built specifically for him for fucking years. Like, a long fucking time. Oswald also has a KGB file, for anyone who's wondering. Um, I'm going to kind of fly through the rest of this. This is a lot of... He ends up staying in Russia on a visa. Um, he kind of lives like a celebrity. He's not allowed to live in Moscow. They kick him out to some city outside of Moscow. And he lives like a celebrity because everyone's like, oh, my God, a U.S. citizen is now a defector, blah, blah, blah. And that doesn't last long. And then he gets real mad that it didn't last longer. When so, they're like, oh, this dumbass. <laughs> he also, this dumbass isn't cool. He was denied citizenship after his six-day visa originally. And he was told to leave Moscow within two hours. Uh, he tried to kill himself. And they found him. So uh, the KGB was like, well, we don't want Americans thinking that we caused this dude to kill himself or attempt suicide. So we'll allow him to be here, which is why he got to stay. Um, he then uh, started to become lazy. He got an attitude and he complained about not being paid enough. Wild for someone who is a communist to think that. I think that um, being paid. <laughs> he also realized that the Soviet system was regimented and was not classless. Huh? Wild. Some. Uh, this is where he became a Marxist since Russia wasn't how he thought it should be. Remember, kids, communism has failed every time it's been tried. <laughs> So in 1961, he sent a letter to the American embassy in Russia and wanting to return to America. He lied to the embassy about never applying for Soviet citizenship and saying derogatory things about the U.S. Uh, he was given back his passport, and he was allowed to come back to the U.S., but he also married a woman right before then, and she somehow also got to come by. Uh, that same woman, uh, after the birth of their child, Oswald would drink the extra breast milk his wife produced, why is that important? Don't know, but it's creepy, and I think that should be known about him. <laughs> it's this is something that uh, has absolutely nothing to do, but I just felt like needed to be said. So there's a lot of things that happen with. I'm I'm going to just wrap this whole Oswald thing up and prove it to you that this should have been seen a long time coming. He comes back to the U.S. The FBI is on his ass because he's now a defector that is coming back. They interview him twice. Uh, after he kills JFK, they wipe that off the record <laughs> because they're like, we don't want any sign that we actually talked to this man and said he was okay to join the U.S. again <laughs> and shouldn't be on a list. <laughs> so when we get into conspiracies, I will be bringing that up a lot because <laughs> the, the FBI and the CIA wiped him off any fucking oh, we never talked to this man or had him on surveillance, as they definitely did, and then just, he got the waltz over and fucking killed the president. <laughs> <laughs> he moves back with his wife. His wife can't speak English, and he refused to allow her to learn. So he is, Oh my god. He also, he also speaks super broken Russian, and can only, they communicate in the weirdest way that she has picked up on how to, like, what he's saying but he refuses her to learn English and there's their whole relationship. She never leaves him through this, which is wild. So it's a lot of him getting jobs, losing jobs, him now becoming more communist, finding people who 
don't necessarily agree with him, but accept him for just who he is and then realize later, oh, hey, maybe he had a problem. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's stupid. Which we'll talk about the Warren Commission at one of these points. Oh, God. Not in this episode, but. So they move around. He's trying to find a job that allows him to. He wants to make more money, but he doesn't have a fucking high school education. He defected from the fucking military. Like he discharged himself from the military. This man doesn't have qualifications. He's trying to find money. He hates that he can't find money. He's becoming more communist and Marxist. He hates everything about the U.S. government except for the fact that he's allowed to live here with his ideas because he likes that he can live here. He doesn't like how it's ran, though, but he can live here, unlike in Russia, where he wasn't making enough money to live as a more than a peasant like everyone else in Russia. Until finally they move back into Dallas, like to Dallas, and he buys through the mail the um what is it it is a carcano model 38 which is the rifle he ends up killing jfk with a month before he gets hired by the texas school depository which for people who know anything about this assassination is where the fucking shooting happens yep. so anyone who's wondering how he got to the sixth floor depository into a corner because he fucking worked there so he has a plan throughout where he wants to bury the rifle, bring the rifle, blah, blah, blah. He has a bunch of different fucking ideas of how he wants to do this. And then finally, there's a little bit more that goes into why he wants to kill JFK, other than the fact that he just doesn't like American government. Nick, would you like to wrap up or sum up why he wants to kill the president? Uh, I mean, because he was anti-communist. Like. <laughs> That's I. He's communist. He's yeah. anti-capitalist. <laughs> no, I mean anti-com. No, I was saying JFK was anti-communist. Oh yeah, JFK was anti-communist, and he really hates what JFK did to Cuba. He is he is a huge fan of Fidel Castro. Of course, he would be. <sighs> so he gets a job with the depository. The day of when it happens, he is he's coming out to his neighbor who drives him to work or works with him. I can't remember exactly. He is said to be seen carrying a large brown sack bag type thing that he says is about two and a half feet long. When they actually measure it, it's about 38 inches. Uh, The rifle is literally in there. So he's literally carrying the rifle across the street. Uh, He is driven to work. He goes, he takes the sack, the paper bag into work. And before the president's, um, before JFK's motorcade, he goes up to the sixth floor where flooring is being redone. So there's not a lot of people up there. He takes this thing of books and crates of books and creates a little sniper's nest with a rest for the gun and everything. He's He has lines off of where Houston turns into Elm Street at Daly Plaza to have a perfect shot at the president as long as everything goes to plan, which it fucking does. They didn't have... Secret service on the back of the fucking um convertible like they thought that they or that should have been there wasn't as much secret service around him as there should have been so he gets lined up the he sets that up after the workers go to lunch break 
because it is perfectly timed that they go to lunch break as the motorcade's coming by. So he sets up and the motorcade comes by as they turn from Houston onto Elm. He fires the first shot. It is said that the first shot doesn't, it hits JFK. Or no, the first shot is heard and everyone thinks it's a motorcycle backfire or a firework going off. Second one hits JFK in the neck. His arms go and he's grabbing his, like they outstretch and they start grabbing his torso and his neck. And then the third shot, which is said by the governor that was sitting in front of him as he turned, sounded like a baseball bat hitting a grapefruit. And JFK's, the right side of JFK's head exploded. And at that moment, Jackie tries to get out. No one's really reacted yet at this point. Jackie tries to climb out the back off to the trunk. The car behind them has a Secret Service agent. He reacts immediately to the shot that hits JFK in the head. He jumps out of his car, runs up, pushes Jackie back into the convertible, and pushes her down into the car so that she is out of line of sight. And then he rides on the back of the car the rest of the way as they now floor it away. So Oswald shot three shots. He only brought four bullets for a six-bullet ma- six clip or magazine clip mag mag magazine um he leaves all the shells there so they take off and at this point very obvious like there's a shooter this is where everything kind of gets skewed we'll talk about it more in the next episode um the acoustics of daily plaza makes it wildly difficult for the people on the ground to know where the shots came from unless they were near the depository. But most people say that the shots came from the depository. Some people isn't, say it came from a grassy knoll. Which yeah, I was going to say, possible. isn't that like one of the main things? Yeah, so weird? people say there was a second shooter at the grassy knoll and that there was a large puff of smoke. And that's why they thought. Um, they did tests with shooting firearms from the grassy knoll there's no firearm that fucking shoot produces that much smoke for anyone to recognize it as a weapon like there's also a bunch of people the another huge thing is the amount of people up in the depository that people saw before the shooting and after the shooting what floor they were on blah blah blah. the end of the day oswald shoots jfk they rush off and within minutes Oswald has dumped the gun between some crates that no one can see unless you are specifically looking straight down the crates. He is going down. He is encountered by a cop. He runs. The cop gets caught up and Oswald gets out of the building within three minutes and is just gone. He takes a bus and once he, um, the bus gets stopped because of the motorcade. So he requests a transfer. Transfer's not there fast enough. He hops in a taxi. Taxi takes him to the next bus stop. He's about to hop on a bus that is supposed to take him from there into Mexico, which was his main getaway plan. This is where J.D. Tippett pulls up on him because he fits the description of the person, of the shooter that every like most people have called in. He calls Oswald over. Oswald talks to him through the passenger's window. And then... Tippett has a weird feeling. He's like, this just doesn't seem right. So he gets out of the vehicle. He's walking around the front of the vehicle. By the time he hits the the left the passenger side headlight, um, he doesn't have his gun out. He never radioed this in because he's not super suspicious yet. He just fits the description. He's a little um, suspicious. Yeah. 
this is where Oswald unloads his 38 revolver into him and kills him instantly. And then Oswald runs, gets into a theater. He doesn't pay for the theater and <laughs> hides in the theater. They call it in within six minutes of them calling it in. A dozen plus police officers show up because they heard about Tippett being killed. And that's where they arrest Oswald in the in the movie theater. One of the people come, one of the officers come up to him, tell him to stand up. And as he's going to arrest him, Oswald pulls out the revolver again and tries to shoot it, but it misfires and doesn't unload. And Oswald just gets his fucking shit wrecked by this cop. Yeah. The second he realizes that he just almost got shot. Oswald gets fucking bodied because he's a five foot nine, 165 pound man, and just gets absolutely obliterated by this dude. And they arrest him and they take him to the where we'll eventually pick up when we get to Jack Ruby. We'll talk about this part of Lee Harvey Oswald and after his arrest. Yep. But that is basically the assassination summed up without going into the conspiracy theories yet, which we'll get into next episode. But that is the basic general consensus of information for the actual assassination we'll post uh i will make sure that on social media when we release this episode we'll post a picture of the i i found it on google there's a of the um the route through daily plaza and where mm-hmm. it turns and where he got shot so we'll post that so everyone can have an actual visual of exactly where the depository is where jfk was when the shot came am i the only one who, when i hear depository thinks depository no i no, no that's same. That, yeah yeah depository is just a weird way of mm-hmm. saying things but yeah that is that is part one um long long episode for everyone um might cut it down yeah be about an hour and a half probably i would assume after cutting out all this um long episode a lot of information that we summed up and i'm sorry i wish we could give it justice and give it its 10 to 15 parts to go through all the info but that is the summary of lee harvey oswald jfk's early life and how it got to the point of these of the assassination and what happens during the assassination without going to the conspiracies and then Jack Ruby and everything, which we will be getting into. That's yep. two whole episodes for those alone. So what do you guys got about this specific part of JFK, Lee Harvey Oswald and the assassination? Just never facts. I never knew that much about Lee Harvey Oswald. I knew like the cliff notes. Yeah. So there's a lot. It's amazing, especially I highly recommend going and listening to this book about Lee Harvey Oswald. Like it's called case mm-hmm. closed Lee Harvey Oswald and the JFK assassination. It's a long book on audible. It's almost like 20 ish hours, somewhere in there. Super good though. It goes so in depth. The first like 12 chapters, which is like the first 12 hours of the book are just about Lee Harvey Oswald. I highly recommend this book because it is just to him, the author going through the facts that are given and the information that proves what he is saying is truth compared to what conspiracy theorists say. And it is a very good book, but it shows the light on Lee Harvey Oswald that I don't think our generation knows, which is just Lee Harvey Oswald killed JFK, JFK, great president, one of the top five presidents. Gets killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. Bad guy. No one understands how bad Lee Harvey Oswald was and how predictable it was and how actually not amazing of a president JFK was. 
I think yeah. like everything you guys are saying, you guys are gonna continue to make fun of me for it. Eleven twenty two sixty three, such a good show. And you guys might be like, "How is it historically accurate with a time traveler?" Because the whole point of the time traveler traveler is he sits there and he watches Lee Harvey Oswald for twenty five years or something like that, and just sits and watches him. And so you get all of this. As long as it's not like um, Umbrella Academy, where five no. is actually just trying to stop the assassination. Or no, no, no. Make sure the assassination of well, JFK happens. James Franco is trying to stop the assassination, but because of the conspiracy theories that they have, he has to uh, research Lee Harvey Oswald and follow him around um, and kind of do like a spy thing to make sure that he is actually the one who kills JFK. Um, and so it goes into J uh, Lee Harvey's whole entire life and stuff like that. And then you see at the end of the show, like what the world would be like if JFK actually lived. And it's a whole big thing that I think you guys would enjoy. Okay. Talking well. to these two and the audience. <laughs> All right, so that's part one of our three-part series on the JFK assassination and Lee Harvey Oswald. So if you go into the description of this episode, in the description is our link to all of our socials. You click on our link tree, it'll pop up all of our socials. The top one is our Podbean. If you go to the Podbean, you click on become a patron, you can pay a dollar a month, and a dollar a month gives you the Taskmaster special gives you last year's that you can watch and then you can also watch this year's live or if you miss it you can watch it at any time after paying the one dollar a month you can see it for funsies it also gives you access to our discord be able to communicate with us in a much more easy way freeing way we might ban you if you say some really stupid shit but we'll see if that happens and then you can say a lot before we ban you yeah <laughs> probably yeah so three dollar tier gives you unedited unedited episodes of all of our episodes so the much longer drawn out versions where you kind of see where we want to go with each episode but also the jokes that are not allowed to make it in by our own editorial discrepancies i don't know words i'm using big words here they're probably not right but so there's that rate us leave us reviews um, if they're bad reviews, we'll blast you on social media. It's a thing we do. It's great. Um, we've done but it once. It's funny. It's 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 it in funny. a funny yeah. way, not in like a hate way. Debatable. We, we haven't gotten hate. a bad, we haven't we haven't gotten a worse enough review yet. <laughs> we <laughs> we demolish a man's life. <laughs> we want your hate mail. We embrace your hate mail. We live off of your hate mail. But yeah. I will personally frame the first hate letter we receive. That's part one. Nick, do your thing. We have more do, parts we have to record. Nick, do a different thing, though. We do are professionals. Thing. Okay. All right. Fair, Fair enough. Good. Okay.